0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Liberty on Fire podcast. This is Libertarian Tony, and I'm here to do a breakdown of my thoughts on the Democratic debates. So there are obviously so many candidates, they couldn't have it on one night, so they broke it up onto two separate nights. And I'm going to go through them. Uh, I'm only really going to talk about some of the candidates, uh, the ones that I thought Uh, are decent, or have a chance of going forward. And anybody I really don't mention is basically irrelevant, and I think they're out. But who knows, anything can happen at any time. Okay, so first, let's start with Tulsi Gabbard. Okay, so Tulsi came out in a bright red jacket. She looked good, and she stood out. Uh, She, in fact, won the Drudge Poll for her debate, And she was actually the most searched uh, person during the debate on Google. Okay, so those are big things. I guess in general, I want to say that it it just goes to show you that America is tired of war. And everybody knows Tulsi is the only person up there in the Democratic Party who's anti-war. Or at least she wants to bring the troops home and stop all this overseas stuff with Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, and Iran and i really hope that 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 the donald sees this and realizes this that you know a new middle east war with anyone will pretty much get him booted out america doesn't want another war now remember millions of people voted uh for this man and i did primarily based on his uh campaign talking points about bringing the troops home and You know, what are we doing over there in Iraq? You know, the Iraq war was based on uh, lies. And, you know, uh, Tulsi, being a veteran, or still in the military, actually, she served overseas. She has firsthand knowledge of the tragic wars that are happening in the Middle East. And I think at the end, they they were asked questions about, like, America's biggest challenge. And, of course, she was the only one who said nuclear war. I think others said like things like China, and if AOC was up there, she would have said something about global warming. But of course, Tulsi is right. So think about it. If we get into some sort of confrontation with Iran, who has become very friendly with China and Russia, two of the biggest countries having and probably hiding nuclear weapons around the world, do we think this is going to end well? Can we fight a war against Iran, China, and Russia all at the same time? Maybe. Maybe we could win that. I seriously doubt it. What makes you think that we could take on all three countries and not have one of those countries get off some sort of nuke against an American city? Would it be worth it if millions of Americans died? Americans haven't seen war on their own soil since... What since the Civil War, and before that a revolutionary war, you have this attack on nine eleven and just thinking about the numbers, that was i think less than four thousand people i mean a, a nuclear weapon in, in a in a big american city would would be millions I mean it would be devastated anyway so I, I think Donald's instincts are correct about trying to keep us out of war with Iran, because that would probably really mean World War III, and not just with Iran. Iran is no Iraq. Iran has a much bigger military, more competent military than Iraq had, but they also have China and Russia on their side. That's something I think that Donald really knows, that his warmongering administration probably either doesn't care about or... You know, maybe they're foaming at the mouth for it. Who, what do I know? I guess back to Tulsi, there was that other guy, Tim Ryan, who's a nobody and an idiot. Uh, he made a comment about uh, us fighting against the Taliban or something, and Tulsi slapped him down, so that was good. And you got... Tulsi's basically, in my opinion, she's the best of the worst. And, I mean, they were all bad, right? But she was the only one who stood out in this democratic... I guess, two-day debate series. I think to many sensible Democrats, she probably seems the most normal. I mean, she still wants all the government programs, but at least she doesn't want to bomb the planet. Okay, so let's move on to Elizabeth Warren. She was on the first day with Tulsi. So Warren, to me, looked like she was all over the place. She looked a little unstable. And she wants to um, make private health insurance illegal, you know, so I have a I have a problem with that. I have a problem with this free health care for all and for illegals. Now, when did I agree as a doctor to start working for free or to take a huge pay cut? I don't remember Elizabeth Warren calling me up and asking me about that. So I find this whole topic of free health care very offensive. You know, politicians who know nothing about markets, nothing about medicine think they're, so, they're smart enough to talk about healthcare, and shape its future for millions of people. And all they really do is keep screwing it up, you know, by causing a market distortion in medicine, and then they go out and try to legislate for another market distortion to fix the last one they caused. So anyway, I'm, I'm preparing a separate podcast on medicine and its problems and some of its fixes, so that'll come out eventually. Okay, so back to Warren. So you you could see the theme of, I guess, Warren's campaign is going to be, I have a plan, or I have a plan for that. She has a new giant government intervention for everything. And in fact, the moderators actually helped her out by asking her if she had a plan for such and such. So I'm not sure if you guys saw this on the debate, but I was actually able to call in and ask Elizabeth Warren a question. And so when I called in, they put me through to her, and I said, "Miss Warren, I've got this problem with these you know, black ants in my kitchen. They keep coming in and looking for food. And of course, she responded with, you're not allowed to say black. And so they said, okay, so I have a problem with these ants that have completely no color whatsoever that keep coming into my kitchen. And you know what she said? To her credit, she said that she has a plan for that. She would send out a government band of thugs and exterminators just to my house and then eventually to every house in America to deal with the ant problem. So, you know, if anything she has going for her, she's gonna take care of the ant problem I have in my house. So I'm kinda happy about that. Still won't vote for her, but at least, you know, she might help get rid of my ants. Anyway, so I I find her very irritating. So I think this kinda hurt her overall, and I think most people probably find her irritating. And also because Tulsi Gabbard looked so much better and reasonable reasonable than she did, I think overall this kind of hurts Warren. Warren really needed a big win to go up against Bernie and Biden, you know, in the next round of debates. I mean, overall, she did fine. I mean, she was outshone by Tulsi. But in the end, I think Trump is just going to eat her up. Okay, so I'm going to move on to Beto O'Rourke. Uh, he made a an attempt at some broken Spanish, answering a question. I mean, it, it looked kind of stupid, and rehearsed. Uh, overall, he he wasn't that impressive. So I'm I'm gonna give him a, an overall poor performance. And he actually might be done. Kamala Harris. So she came across as very polished, but in reality, she's just a cop. She wants a police state, because. Again, she's basically a cop, and that's all she knows. And she was very emotional up there on the debate stage, and she might have done enough to stick around to the next round, and clearly she was a media favorite, and the moderators really liked her and kind of softballed things to her. So, yeah, I think Kamala's going to come back. Okay, so Joe Biden. I think Biden did fine. I mean, he, he looked old and a little bit slow, uh, he it was the usual kind of nonsensical answers that he usually gives. And you know, I think, you know, the creepy Uncle Joe Biden was the usual likable person that he is. So he'll advance to the next round. He has enough support. I mean, he came across as very anti-Trump. And I think that's his shtick kind of going forward is that, hey, vote for me. I'm not Trump. All right, so next I'm going to talk about um, just for a little bit, Pete, uh, Pete ButtHead. So Mayor ButtHead, I think he did okay. He came across as very polished and level-headed. I, I think he's, I think he's pretty young. I think he's like 18, 19 years old or something. Anyway, not sure where he's going. Might have been enough to stick around, you know, for the next debates uh, because he came across as polished and level-headed. But uh, you never know. All depends on where the donor money goes, I guess, for these next round of debates. Uh, I think Cory Booker overall is even more unlikable than he was before, so I think he's done. And and, uh, I think one of the idiots in particular, Eric Swalwell, wants to take everybody's guns away, and he actually admitted it. So just think about this for a minute. You want to send people from the government with guns to people's houses who have guns, who don't want to give them up, and force them to hand them over does that sound like you're gonna have a good outcome from that sort of program think about that for a minute okay bernie sanders so he looked kind of old and cranky and tired this guy never jokes i mean he's basically an old school communist and there's no joking around with these people so yeah way too serious But he'll advance to the next round of debates because he has a lot of, you know, support. He's got a lot of grassroots support. But he, overall, I don't think he looked good. And you could tell Bernie Sanders just doesn't have that killer instinct to take on Donald Trump. Okay, so now I'm going to go into some, I guess, general comments about things. The the Spanish-speaking stuff was just stupid. How many extra votes do you really expect to get with that? It was very pandering. I didn't like it. I mean, overall, this probably did more damage than good for these candidates who did it. It, it was insulting to anyone who didn't speak Spanish. Uh, Spanish, which is like millions of voters, so obviously it was. This was, you know, patronizing, uh, and it, it gave off some sort of pretense of, you know, I'm for diversity. Some of the other themes that were kicked around was basically free stuff for everyone, no borders. Make all illegals citizens and give them free health care and school and welfare. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the immigration crisis at the end of this podcast. I think some idiot said that you know unions gave us the weekend, which is, of course, completely false. Cory Booker brought something up about a, a living wage, talking about people working 80 hours a week and not being able to feed their family, which is, of course, bullshit. If you can't feed your family working 80 hours a week, what do you have, like 50 children or something? Why don't you move to a cheaper state? Get out of New Jersey. You know, move to Florida or Texas, for God's sake. The gender uh, pay gap was brought up. I can't believe these candidates are still bringing this stuff up. I mean, this is something that just doesn't exist. Do these people know that we have the Equality Pay Act of 1963? I mean, there's a reason there's a pay gap. It's because on average, men tend to pick higher paying jobs and more dangerous jobs like fishing, mining, construction, and police. And men tend to work longer hours. And women tend to take more time off for childcare. Once you control for all these different factors, there's no pay gap whatsoever. So Tucker Carlson made some funny comments, and he went over the debates. He said some funny stuff that, you know, Mayor de Blasio was the worst mayor in New York City history and that he illegally immigrated to the debate stage. So I kind of like that. I got a chuckle out of that one. And de Blasio also made another kind of really dumb comment that people are going to find really offensive is that he said something like, you don't deserve that the money you have and he wants to take it from you and give it to the people he thinks should have it. I'm not sure that's going to do well for him going forward. I think he's done. Some other general, you know, takeaways were basically Trump bad, free stuff good. There were no probing or tough questions that I could see. Pretty much all softball questions. And I guess one more thing on the gun thing. I mean, they talked about uh, taking away assault weapons, but nobody brought up the fact that more people die every year. I think thousands, in fact, from, you know, texting on their phones than they do from using you know committing crimes with an assault weapon. You know, so maybe we should send these government thugs out to everybody's house and confiscate their phones. That would have made more sense than taking people's, you know, black rifles, which looks scary. Uh, They want to decriminalize illegal immigration, so we'll talk about it at the end. This Yang guy loves the universal basic income. Uh, This is his plan to give, I think, everybody in the entire country $1,000 a month. So this is an old, bad idea that is resurrected by a politician that has no new ideas of his own. I mean, it's a dead issue. It makes no sense economically whatsoever. And and this has been refuted over and over by economists years ago. It doesn't really need to be brought back up. So most of these candidates believe they'll actually be the legislator-in-chief and use their pen with executive orders, which is all, you know, pretty unconstitutional stuff. I mean, the attitude that these candidates need to have a program to fix something is unconstitutional in itself, right? Or at least anti-constitutional. I mean, you can have ideas as a president and relay them to Congress, you know, but Congress is the ones that are supposed to make the laws, not the president. Congress can have programs to vote on, not the president. And the president shouldn't be involved other than Vetoing stuff that he or, she, uh, he or she thinks is unconstitutional and then executing the laws enacted by Congress. And that's pretty much it. You know, a problem, or at least one of the problems that we have is that so many people don't understand civics. And we've gotten so far away from, you know, the, the intention or spirit of a constitutional America. You know, that now everyone just expects the president or government to solve your problems, or a perceived problem. The government then tries to go out and do that, and it screws things up, but rather than repeal their screw-ups, they attempt to fix it with another law or a program, and they screw it up even more. Okay, so this brings me to the whole immigration crisis. Okay, so my answer for the immigration crisis would be something along the lines of, well, let's end the welfare state, end the war on drugs, and increase legal immigration, but let's be picky about who comes. Now, if we're not going to implement any of these things, then you basically have to close the border, and I agree with Trump on that. So the answer is not just to let everyone in and go everywhere they want, because you absolutely cannot have open borders and a welfare state. It will 100% destroy the country. The next best solution if you don't want to do my three, I guess, pronged approach that I just mentioned, is have a peaceful secession. Break up the country. You know, the states that want open borders and a welfare state can have as much of it as they want. And the states that don't can do their own thing. So again, I hope Donald really wins in 2020. And then I hope the left gets so pissed off that they decide to leave the country and secede. Let's peacefully go our own way. I mean, look, there's no chance, in my opinion, of healing the country, of us all of a sudden having the left and the right come together on enough issues for a long enough period of time to get along, and we all live happily ever after. I mean, that's not going to happen. The idea of America was great and noble, and the founders did what they could with the Constitution to try to protect it for as long as possible. You know, but America is broke and it's broken, and will never be fixed under its current form. It can be fixed for a short period of time, possibly by, you know, maybe packing the courts with all your favorite judges, but that's just a temporary measure, and it might get you through a generation, but that's not really going to fix the country long term, and the day of reckoning is just being put off a little bit longer. I think the idea of America being one whole, country, one whole people, is done, and I would like to end it peacefully and agree to kind of disagree and go our separate ways, because if we don't, the alternative is misery. Okay, so last comment on the debates. I think basically uh, six candidates are probably going to emerge going forward. There's uh, Creepy Joe Biden, uh, Old Bernie, uh, Pete Butthead, uh, Kamala Copp-Harris, Elizabeth Pocahontas Warren, and I really hope Tulsi Gabbard goes forward as well. Remember, they are all bad on domestic policy stuff. And the only good one on foreign policy, in my opinion, is Tulsi. And she has the same instincts as Donald Trump does about not getting us into more Middle East conflicts. And Tucker Carlson has reiterated that numerous times on his show He's had Donald on for interviews, and just the other day, he had Tulsi Gabbard on for an interview, and he talked about the same thing. Well, that will do it for today. Thank you all for listening to the Liberty on Fire podcast. Please do me two favors. Number one is to share the show. Remember that we want to continue to advance the message of individual liberty, and sharing and growing the show is one of the best ways to do that. The second favor is to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. A five-star rating is much appreciated. Also, please check out our website, libertyonfire.org. Thank you very much. And until next time, let's keep those fires of liberty burning bright.